Oasis Church Chicago, Pastor J.P. Troyo here. So glad that you're joining us today on our podcast. You're about to hear a message today from our weekend encounter. Uh, I pray that this message uh, encourages you, inspires you, and pushes you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to stay on track with what's going on at the church, we'd love for you to download our app, Oasis Church Chicago, or visit us on our website, www.oasischurchchicago.com. I'm praying for you, we're believing for you, and we trust that God's gonna continue to do great things in your life. God bless you. Now here's the message today. Amen. Don't, I don't like that type of stuff, you know, standing up. Stand up for Jesus. Don't stand up for me. Amen. Amen. It's great to be here today. Oasis, thank you once again for um, allowing us to come. Amen. And as I was even thinking about the book of Acts, Oasis kind of remind me of the book of Acts. Now, now, <laughs> I'm not here to puff your heads up or, or anything like that. But what I'm talking about, in the book of Acts, this was the beginning of the church. There's some excitement. Amen? JP, remember when you started the church? There was some excitement. There was people who was behind you. But in every type of in, in excitement, there's always a, people who's excited for new things, and then they kind of fizzle out. And Oasis remind me of the book of Acts because it's new. Even though it's been going on for a while, it's still new. And I've been listening to Pastor JP preach the past couple of weeks, just listening on the podcast, and, and I hear it in his voice. He says it when he's up here. I believe that God has called us to change the city of Chicago. Like, do you believe that? See, I, I believe that God has a plan and a purpose for the, for the church of Jesus Christ. Not that our individual lives will be changed and transformed, but that we would be people who would begin to see a city change, a state change, a country change, that God is calling us to have a vision beyond ourselves, beyond what we think we could do. Amen? And I believe that today the church is in a position to do some great things for God. I believe that God has given us resources that we have never had before. We could reach people like that through Facebook. We could reach people through the television. We could reach people through email. We could reach people through the web. We could reach people in all different ways that we couldn't before. Amen? And then what I love about Chicago is a world city. You have people who's coming here from all different nations. Imagine someone who's going to be here just for a season. And then they get to go back home and impact their city. See, God is calling us to do things that's greater than ourselves. But with anything that's new, there's always times where we fall out of line in the vision with God. See, the Bible tells us that we should be filled with the Spirit continually. And you can read that and be like, what does that mean? Because God wants to fill us up continually. Why? Because we leak. We leak. I just listened to that song, made my heart burn for you. How that song go? Right? That's how it goes? And our hearts burn for Jesus, especially when we worship in a place like this. But when we hit that door, other things happen. That things begin to shift. I just walked out of here because my son told me he was throwing up in the parking lot. Man, I was just worshiping Jesus. My son said, I don't feel good. Daddy's like, where you at, son? 
Where you at, son? Where you at? And there's things that happen in our life that takes our focus off of Jesus, and then we direct it on other things. And this is why the Bible would tell us we got to be filled continually. Life happens. You go to school, it feels good to sing about my heart burning for Jesus. But man, I got 400 pages to read where my Moody students at. <laughs> my heart, Jesus, I just want to worship you and praise you, but I have these papers to write. I have bills that I need to pay. And there's a reality, but, and I believe that while we're going through this, and we're, it's a journey. All right, it's a journey. Nobody gets this thing on the first time. I've been saved um, going on 20 years now. It's a journey. Guess what? I'm still learning some things. God is still correcting me while I'm on this journey. You, pastor? Yes, sir. He's still correcting me on this journey, that there's a time for correction. So today, the title of my message is A Move of Correction. See, God will correct us because he has us on this journey. And sometimes we step off where God is trying to get us to go. And sometimes it's the little things that begins to open the path and the road for us to go down the wrong place. Let me explain to you. I was listening to a buddy of mine preach, right? And I'm listening to him and he opens up his service about how much he can't stand New York. See, when you're on this journey, especially when you have technology where people can hear you from all over the states, you almost got to be careful what you say. And this buddy of mine was like, oh, man, if there was any other place I wouldn't want to be is New York. And I'm like, hmm, why he don't like New York? And then he goes on to talk about how dirty New York is. New York is dirty. Garbage everywhere. And I'm listening to this brother, and I'm like, hmm, he going to talk about New York? Now, this is the crazy thing. I'm from New York. <laughs> I love New York. My family's still in this dirty place. <laughs> and I'm listening to this brother, and I'm like, don't this brother know I'm actually going to be coming to preach in his church? In a few weeks. See, and the Lord will say, hey, will use me at this opportunity to say, you got to be careful what you say over the airways because you may offend somebody. Right, JP? <laughs> so I and some of y'all laughing now, but I heard you guys in the crowd cheering about how dirty New York was. I heard some of y'all in the crowd laughing, talking about, you're right, New York is dirty. I don't like it. So let me give you some information about New York, all right? Just, look, just a little bit. In New York City, just the city alone has over 8 million people. If you've never been to New York City, you could have 100,000 people coming at you in at, at a time. And when you have eight, like 100,000 people in, in this small place and they put things in garbage cans, it usually fills up fast. 
And when you don't care, you just want to get rid of your garbage, and it doesn't matter that it falls on the floor, that it blows all around. Now, I'm a New Yorker. I've been in New York City plenty of times. I've been there in the morning. I have been there in the night. I have been there at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. And if you go to New York City, you know what you will always see? Garbage trucks picking up the garbage. But they cannot keep up with the amount of debris. This is just for some of you guys who be like, New York is, is just too dirty. Eight million people who think about it. I had two sons. You should have seen my house. <laughs> just two. But let me tell you some things I love about New York. This, because I got to fix this impression of New York. New York is probably one of the most diverse places in the world. There's a borough in New York, it's called Queens. Queens, New York, is one of the most diverse cities in the world. Many languages, many places. And when I go home to New York, one of the things that I truly enjoy is the diversity. On one street, you could have a Chinese restaurant, even though they're everywhere. <laughs> but in the same street, you could have an Italian restaurant. You could have a Cuban restaurant. You could have a Puerto Rican restaurant. You could have a Dominican restaurant. You could have all these type of different restaurants in one location. So when I go home, I love it. But I'm not here to talk about New York, all right? I'm just here to share a quick word of correction. <laughs> That's just a quick word of correction. You know what I mean, JP? <laughs> if you have your Bibles, let's open up to the book of Acts. Chapter 5, verse 1 through 11. Any new believers in the house? Anybody just accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? Come on, if you're in the house, raise your hand. Don't be ashamed. It's okay. Anybody new babies, babies in Christ? Any new babies in Christ? Come on, I see. All right. Anybody babies? That's what I'm talking about. All right. I, I, I ask that because I just want you to know this is probably one of the scariest chapters that you can read. All right. I just want you to know. All right. So here we go. In the book of Acts chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, it reads, now, a man named Ananias, together with his wife, Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. With his wife full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received from the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied just to human beings, but to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. And great fear seized all who heard what ha had happened. Then some young men came forward, wrapped up his body, and carried him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what happened. You know she's not from Chicago, because somebody dies in Chicago, everybody knows, like, <laughs> Facebook is man. But Peter asked her, tell me, is this the price you and Ananias got for the land? Yes, she said, this is the price. Peter said to her, 
how could you conspire to test the spirit of the Lord? Listen, the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out also. At that moment, she fell down at his feet and died. Then the young man came in and, finding her dead, carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. Father, I pray that you would give us the grace to heed to your word, Lord God. Father, give us ears to hear, Lord God. Eyes to truly see what you're saying in our heart that would obey you today. So, Lord, I even pray for myself. Grant me, Lord God, the clarity to preach your message. Lord God, with boldness, that correction will take place in our life. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. What a friend. Hey, Charles, you want to preach for me? Sure. Read Acts 5, 1 through 11. But this chapter of this book is, it's a rough one. It's a rough one for me to read because when we share the gospel, we always share how gracious God is. And if you're a new believer and you jump onto this, you'd be like, wait, this, this, this God is dropping people for lying. Not murdering, for lying. Where's the grace in that? But Ananias is the fire. They lied to the Holy Spirit and boom, they're dead. And I believe from the beginning that God wants the church to be a force that would move past the mediocrity and hypocrisy that we see so many times in our society. I'm going to say that one more time. I get a little bit passionate about this because where I minister for at, people are not looking for mediocrity and they are not looking for hypocrisy. But this is the truth. It's not just where I'm at on the south side. There's people out there today in this world that's looking for true authenticity. They're looking for people who really have a relationship with God. See, they're looking for people who don't just know God, head knowledge, but they feel him in his heart. See, and God, I believe, is coming down on Ananias and Sapphira because they was about to start a movement, and God was saying, not this movement. I'm about to do something that's going to change this world. Amen? So he, what did he do? He uprooted the weeds that started to grow in this new church. See, Oasis. Oh, man, let me not get ahead of myself. But Oasis, you are new. You are fresh. You could be true to who you are, or you could be somebody else. And I'm telling you, Chicago don't need no fake churches. They don't need somebody who's going to try to impersonate another church. They're looking for people who know the Lord. Amen? Check this out. See, God is so concerned. God is not concerned about our outward appearance. See, God is not looking how, how, how good you look on the outside. God is not just concerned about how you speak. God is not concerned about all the books you read. See, God is more concerned about what's going on on the inside. What's going on inside here? See, God is concerned about what are you like when you're at work? I'm concerned how you treat your wife. I'm concerned how you treat your children. I'm concerned how you treat your neighbor. 
See, God is so much, he's so concerned about what's going on on the inside of us. He's not concerned about our outward appearance. And Ananias and Sapphira, I believe that God uprooted them because sin is contagious. Sin is contagious. Don't be so arrogant and so prideful that you think that you can hang out with folks who are sinful and it won't rub off on you. See, Jesus said this, that just a little yeast leavens the whole bread. What he's really talking about is the yeast of sin. That sin is able to creep in and creep into your life. I was just thinking about this while we was worshiping. The Bible also tells us in Corinthians not to be unequally yoked. Now, we got a lot of young folks who be like, oh, that don't really be me. That don't, man, come on, that dude look good. That girl look good. I know the Bible, it's not just about relation, it's also about business deals and all this other stuff. And the Bible says, don't be unequally yoked. And I've been reading that, and we got these missionary daters. You know, I could date them, and I could get them saved, and, and I, I, I could change them. You can't change nobody. Ask my wife. She's been with me. We're going to be married 19 years. She still be saying stuff to me. I'm still, you know, still me. But we on this. The Bible says, don't be unequally yoked. Why? Why? It's easier to pull someone down than to bring somebody up. This, this, I, I, I hope I'm preaching somebody. Hey, I got people in here like, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. Listen, you don't have to believe it. It's in the word. I, 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 listen, I have been at this thing long enough to realize what Charles Moody think does not even compare to what God knows. So I have come to a place in my life to realize this thing. That even if I don't feel like doing what the word of God tells me to do, I'm going to do it anyway. Why? Because it's true. It's true. It's true. And it will never fail you. Amen. So listen, sin is contagious. See, if we want to see a move of God, the church, we need to be real. We need to keep it real. The folks at my church, I'm telling you, when I have people come every Tuesday. You guys are going to be there next Tuesday, right? At my church, I'm glad that you come. I see some of you, there's, there's some young guy, I don't even know who he is, but he runs around, he picks up all the kids and put them on his neck. I just want you to be, I got some new kids, and they poop all the time. <laughs> you know who you are if you out there. You better smell first before you put them on your neck. But the folks at my church, they could tell who genuinely wants to be there. See, like, I love, like, I'm going to give y'all props, all right? I love it. When you guys get there, I mean, there's only a couple of people around. You guys go find somebody and talk to them. I believe that's what's going to change Chicago, presence, not events. I'm going to say that one more time. See, what's going to change Chicago is presence, not presence like gift. Don't come with Nikes. I'm talking about presence, being there with the people, speaking to them, speaking into them. Allow them to speak to you. See, these are the things that's going to change Chicago. And so folks know, do you really want to be present with me? Or are you just trying to mark off the checkbox that I did this with my church this year? See, people know. People looking for genuine relationships. They're looking for people who really, really cares. Amen? It's the root. That's inside of us that's going to allow you 
to overcome the mediocrity and hypocrisy? What root is inside of me? Do I have the true root? Is Jesus really the foundation of my life? Because if Jesus is not the foundation, there's going to be a root that's going to be growing inside of you. And that, that root will not last when challenging times come. Amen? See, there's this dying world that out there that's looking for something that's true. Right now on the south side of Chicago, we're in the public school. The public school calls me and asks me, hey, could you bring some volunteers over? We need help. The police department, they're, hey, Pastor Moody, could you help us? Um, the Park and Recreation, hey, you guys want to come out and do a program in our church? Like, we get to preach Jesus in public arenas. And we don't even pray, pray for it. It's free. We don't even tell them, hey, we want to come and bless you. These folks are saying, hey, could you come? Could you guys come and help us out? And the reason why this happened is not because, it's not because we, we forced ourselves, but people is looking for someone who will have integrity. Because the years, seven years, we've been at this seven years. And because within the seven years, they have seen that you guys are individuals that have integrity. We want to keep inviting you out so that you could share your God with other people who don't know him. The police is saying, listen, the jails ain't helping them. Pass it with you. That's what the police is actually saying. The public schools are saying, listen, our education system is not fixing them. Will you come and help us? See, they're looking for people who would keep their word and show out. Amen? Amen? Amen. See, when we're honest, we're going to see results. Peter said to Ananias, how did Satan fill your heart? The Holy Spirit was just poured out. I mean, this is a time where the church was seeing signs and wonders. And Peter saying, Ananias wasn't a new believer. You have witnessed the move of God. How did you allow Satan to fill your heart so fast? You know what Ananias said? Absolutely nothing. God didn't give him an opportunity to even share the excuse. And as I was reading this, I believe that God was uprooting the excuses that we could bring for not having integrity, for being a hypocrite. I don't want to hear your excuse. I just need you to walk this walk and to trust me, believe that I'm a God that's able to provide for you. See, in our culture, lying is normal. In our culture, we can tell somebody, hey, I'll meet you at the corner and don't show up. And it's okay. Like, I, I had other things to do. I had to get my hair done. I had to do this. I had to do that. And people are like, man, if this man of God, if this woman of God is not being honest with me, who else will be? And I've been here for so long. And, when I, and what, what's missing in Chicago it's not money. It's not poor education. It's hope. And when we begin to just be consistent and not hypocritical, don't tell me not to do something and you go and do it. And when people see our consistency, it brings hope. Even though my mother wasn't right, even though my daddy wasn't right, even though my grandmother wasn't right, I have somebody that I could look up to. 
and it sparks hope. And what I've realized in the seven years that I've been here, that when hope is sparked, you can't shut it down. You can't shut hope down. I have watched people go from the bottom to the top because of hope. But God is calling us that we have to be real. We have to be real. We can't be phony. We can't be fake. We have to be real. And I believe God was telling the church. Because God is super gracious. This is like one of the like few times in the Bible you will ever read that God takes somebody out like that. Very few times. So God, why was it so important that Ananias and Sapphira had to take, be taken out? Because God didn't want his church to start off this way. And I believe today, church, that God is still the same God. I, I thank you for the blood of Jesus. I thank you for the grace of God. Super gracious. But church, I'm here to tell you today. That God is saying, listen, we got to be real. We got to be real. This is what I love about being a Christian. God already told me I'm jacked up. See, if you should read the same Bible I read, he already told me, you messed up. He said, matter of fact, you ain't messed up. Everybody's messed up. Tell your neighbor you messed up. Tell your other neighbor you messed up. Listen, the Bible already told you, it says this, all have sinned. And fall short of the glory of God. You know what that means? You're not perfect. I just ruined somebody's world right now. Like they were doing good. They were like, man, I've been reading my Bible. I've been praying. I've been going to church. I've been serving. I've been giving. Uh, I've been nice to the people I don't like. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm awesome. And this guy's going to sit up there and tell me I'm not perfect. I'm not telling you that you're not perfect. God already told you you're not perfect. And God is so gracious. Like, look at this is the good news. Even though you're not perfect, this is the good news. In all your jacked upness, in your drug abuse, in your sexual immorality, in your lying and deception way, this is the good news that God said, I still love you. You jacked up, but I still love you. And even though you're jacked up, I want to use you in your jacked up state. Because listen, for God to use you, you don't got to be perfect. Because the truth is, I wouldn't be up here. God rebuked me. Two weeks ago, he said, you're looking for spiritually mature people who don't look jacked up to lead. And God said, if that was the case, you wouldn't be there. You wouldn't be there because you're still jacked up. Stop laughing so hard. But God is looking for a church that's going to be real. See, there's some of us in this room that got some things that we're trying to cover up. Maybelline can't cover it up. Because God knows. Matt can't cover it up. I ain't know I knew about makeup. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. But nothing could cover up what's going on. God sees. 
And God is saying, if you would just give me your brokenness, I will correct you. I will change you. I will transform you. I've experienced the grace of God in some of the worst times of my life because God's word is just, I love you the way that you are. But I won't leave you that way. See, I love you the way that you are, but I love you too much to leave you that way. And I want to pray for you today. I just want y'all to know I come with like full notes and I never preach them all when I come here. Sorry, pastor. You could cut my honorarium to a quarter because that's all I preach today. But if there's anyone in this room today, could we all just stand? I want to pray for you today. Because there's things that's going on inside of every single one of us. And there's things that we want to cover up. And I just want you to know that God can use you that way. He can't use us the way that he wants to when we're trying to hide things that's going on in our life. He wants you to be free so that you can set other people free. But if you're still bound, it's going to be hard for you to unchain and unlock other people in your life. And today, I just want to pray for you. I want to pray if there's anyone in this room today that would say that I got some areas in my life that I mean, I look good on the outside, and I'm not going to ask you what those stuff is. But there's some areas in my life that I'm, I'm keeping covered up because I don't want nobody to know. I don't even want God to know, but he knows. I don't want nobody to know. I want to pray for you today. I want to pray that Jesus will set you free. That those areas in your life will be made straight because only God can make the crooked path straight. Only God. Only God can make the crooked paths straight. And if you're here today and you say, I got some areas in my life that needs to be corrected. I want to pray for you today. If that's you today, I just want you to, we don't have a lot of room, but just to come up to the altar. I want to pray for you today. I want to pray that God will bless you, that God will free you. Now, listen, I know sometimes this altar call stuff be like, this is a hard one. But these are the ones that change you. See, altars is good. Why? Because this is where you leave things. These are the things that get burnt up. Leave God this type of sacrifice. God wants to use you. He wants to use you to change things. He will make the crooked path straight. So, Father, I thank you for today, Lord God. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you're not looking for men and women who are perfect because your word already declares that we are broken, that our hearts are crooked, Lord God. But you have come to make the path straight. And Lord, I pray for every brother, every sister that's at this altar this morning. Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus Christ that every area that needs to be corrected, Lord God, that every path that needs to be straightened, Lord God, I pray that you would straighten it right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, you are calling us to be a church that's alive, that you are calling us to be a part of a move that's going to bring change and transformation, Lord God. Father, I pray right now 
that those areas of our life will be left right here. That fear, that doubt, that intimidation, that discouragement will be left right here at this altar. That sin will be left right here at this altar. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would empower your children. That you would fill them with your spirit. Jesus, you overcame the grave to let us know that we could overcome every sin in our life. So Holy Spirit, I ask that you would do it. That you would breathe on them, Lord God. That you would breathe on them, Lord God. Father, may we fight, Lord God. I pray for everyone in this room that we would fight against hypocrisy, that we would fight against mediocrity, and that we would be real for you. I thank you, Lord God. I praise you for all that you're going to do in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said, amen. Amen.